0: Hello, welcome to Overburdened, the podcast for poster workers. I'm Kevin Hitchings. And I'm Brandy Hughes. Today we're going to talk about maternity leave. We've gone over leaves uh, in general before and kind of listed them all so people know what's available, but this time we're kind of going into a little more specific details on uh, maternity leave and if we have time maybe some of the other parental related leaves too.
1: Right, there's... Uh, I think the reason we want to cover it is because there's a lot involved here and there's a lot of small details and things that people often aren't informed about much like everything to do with making babies no one tells you until it's too late and you're already in it okay so if you want to look in our collective agreement and learn about uh, maternity leave and parental leave and also adoption leave it's all in article 23 of the urban collective agreement So if you're an RSMC, it's Article 18 in your collective agreement.
0: There's actually quite a bit there. It's not just, you know, if you have a kid, you can get some leave. There's a whole bunch of actual top-ups and stuff you do, and some things you're required to do in writing beforehand if you want the full benefits. So you kind of have to be aware of everything. Uh, Of course, the best thing to do, other than read the collective agreement, is to consult a shop steward.
1: So as Kevin said, um, sometimes there are... Time limits for when you have to do certain things. For instance, you have to let the corporation know that you are expecting to go on uh, maternity leave or to have a baby at least 15 weeks before your expected due date or the termination of your pregnancy.
0: Yeah, so you looking at over four months in advance, you have to let them know, which is Almost pretty four. early. So, yeah, you have to be kind of on the ball. I don't know what happens if you miss these timelines exactly, but I guess in theory, they could deny okay. you some of the benefits.
1: I think most likely you would just see a delay in your benefits being paid, but you could also file a human rights complaint if that happened, and I'm pretty sure that uh, <laughs> that you would win. <laughs> this, is the,
0: this is the expected date, of course. Um, right. You know, if you give them 15 weeks notice, but the child comes in 13 weeks, you're still covered because you expected 15, so that's not a huge problem.
1: Um, and, and most pregnancies last about 40 weeks, so you should be more than halfway through and should know that you're expecting at that point i would think Um, but i have heard of some people who were surprised so you never know Um, it is possible to start taking your leave before the birth of your child Uh, you can start your maternity leave benefits up to 13 weeks before um Alternatively, though, if you want to have some time off due to medical complications caused by the pregnancy, you can also apply for sickness benefits under the employment insurance provided by the government.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say that uh, you can take it 13 weeks before the expected date. Um, I've heard supervisors ask for medical on that. You do not need medical for that. Uh, a medical uh, reason for extended things is under EI, like Brand said, is a completely different thing. You can just take 13 weeks before the expected date if you need to, uh, which makes a lot of sense, especially in the winter. Uh, I don't know if you really want to be walking around on slippery ice when you're eight months pregnant. Probably not the greatest idea.
1: Some of us have done it. You can do
0: it. There's nothing wrong with that. Some
1: of us have also fallen on our faces and really, really worried about the well-being of our children. (laughs) Yeah. So there's a trade-off there.
0: So yeah, just to let you know, you can take that time and it's not something you have to prove.
1: I think personally, I would go for the EI benefits first because those sickness benefits are separate from maternity and parental. And so it would give you more leave because if you start using your maternity or your parental early, you still have the same limits of how much leave you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I personally wouldn't want to use that up before the baby came, knowing that, knowing what I know now and how labor-intensive babies are in the first six months.
0: Yeah. Now, I did say they, you don't need to provide medical um, to get that 13 weeks ahead of time, but they can ask you for medical to prove you're pregnant in the first place. Yes. So, um, and they can ask for that at any time, I guess, if there's some reason they're they're doubting or whatever.
1: Yeah, but that's as simple as your doctor writing a note saying so-and-so is expecting. A baby. Yeah.
0: And you should be seeing your doctor a lot anyway. So I guess it's not that much of a burden.
1: Um, I wonder how that would work though. If, um, what if you're not seeing a doctor? Like what if you were choosing a midwife, um, for the entirety of your care, your prenatal care?
0: Well, then I guess you would have to go to the doctor just for the note.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess there are, some, there are probably some jurisdictions where the midwives are recognized as medical practitioners, Quite but, possibly. but not here. <laughs> or or not, not to the same level here. Anyway, yeah. um, I'm not going to get into how backwards are. The, the notice that you have to give is different for RSMC's. They have to provide four weeks notice of their intent to take maternity leave and how long they expect their leave to last.
0: Really, one of the rare spots where the RSMC agreement is better than ours. I didn't notice that.
1: Yeah, I just noticed it now. It's interesting that we have to give 15 weeks, but RSMC's only have to give four. It also says that the corporation may grant you the right to start your maternity leave earlier than the 13 weeks before your expected due date, but it says may, so they don't have to. Um, They might out of the goodness of their hearts.
0: (laughs) So keep in mind that if you extend it 13 weeks at, before the child's born that shortens the end period too it'll move up up so the total is only a year so if you take it 13 extra weeks at the beginning you lose 13 weeks at the end
1: yes um now when you're on maternity or parental leave you're you're most likely um receiving employment insurance as well um and the employment insurance can start up to 12 weeks before your expected due date so, yeah, those numbers are all slightly different, and it it's going to make for some confusing math, I guess, if you're figuring out when you can apply for EI and when you can start getting your benefits from work. So there might be some periods in there, I guess, where you'd be eligible for one but not for the other, and then you're looking at if you're only getting EI, you're only getting whatever your province pays for employment insurance. Here it's 55%. Other provinces are different. Um, whereas if you were only getting the maternity oh if you were only getting the maternity that would be great because they top up the difference between what EI gives you and the 93% of your wage so they would have to pay you 93% if you weren't receiving EI wouldn't they
0: they would I guess yeah because there's not a specific time limit on that it just says the difference between right so yeah if you don't don't get it you automatically get up to that 93% for the first 17 weeks right yeah not for the entire time and After that 17 weeks, you're only getting money from EI and not from the employer. So at that point, you can actually request a dues waiver from your local as well and have dues waived until you return to work. And uh, at least since Saskatoon, I assume most other locals do that when you're not receiving money from the employer. That's usually the key factor on when we waive dues. Yeah,
1: and I I think it's wise to do that, to ask for that. Because if you don't, when you come back, you're going to be having to pay those back dues so you're going to be paying double dues until you're caught up
0: yeah they're deducted on every check instead of every second check that's
1: what happens you're already going to be paying um paying back the uh premiums for your insurance plan so your dental and your health Mm -hmm. and possibly your pension as well
0: right because you keep those benefits the whole time you're on leave therefore you still have to pay the premiums
1: you can choose not to keep them you can Uh, i i personally think that's a mistake when you're expecting a new life in your family to not have medical benefits but you know you do you yeah it is your choice
0: (laughs) um the other thing you do accumulate the whole time is your vacation time your annual leave credits build up while you're on leave too
1: yeah your annual leave and your personal days
0: so a lot of people use that to extend their maternity leave at the end um probably a good idea because there's always unexpected things that happen when you have a toddler in the house it's probably a good idea to save a few those and not use them all but again do what you want it's your time
1: okay so uh, if you're receiving this top up from the corporation you have to sign an agreement with them stating that you will return to work for canada post for a period of at least six months
0: right and if you don't if you're not planning to come back if you just want to keep the job just in case kind of thing and you aren't planning to come back you can waive getting all this extra money and whatnot um which in the rare circumstance might be a good idea Because I would say, yeah, don't quit your job until you're 100% sure, so keep it as a placeholder just in case. But if you're not planning to come back, maybe don't take that top up because they will come after the debt if you don't return to the corporation.
1: That's right. Um, You can also um, cancel your cancel that top up uh, in the middle. Like you don't have to receive the full 17 weeks. You can say, I wanna, I wanna only receive 10 weeks and then I wanna stop because I wanna limit how much I'm liable for paying back. I'm
0: not sure if you mentioned it at the start or not, but in case we missed it, you do have to work for the corporation for six months before you're eligible for these benefits. Yes. So if you start and go on leave two months later, this does not apply.
1: Right. Similarly, in order to get uh, maternity benefits from employment insurance, you have to have worked 420 hours in the last 52 weeks or one year, or since the start of your last employment insurance claim.
0: Right. And that's from EI, of course, not from the collective agreement. So you kind of be familiar with both. We're right. going to focus more on the collective agreement, but we will refer to EI a little bit. The,
1: the employment insurance and the, the benefits from the corporation are, are very much intertwined and, and um, dependent on each other. So if you're getting benefits from one, it can affect how much benefits you're getting from the other. So it, you're absolutely right, you have to know both. And if you want to look it up, it, Service Canada has great websites, they can answer all kinds of questions. They even have uh, an estimator to uh, help you estimate how much your earnings will be from EI based on your uh, your hours worked and your hourly rate of pay. Um,
0: so do you have to, because I've never been on a leave myself, but do you have to submit to the corporation what you're getting from EI, or do they communicate behind the scenes on their own?
1: Well, you have to tell the corporation that you're receiving EI benefits. They will do the calculation. You don't have to tell them what you're getting from EI, but you do have to report to EI what you're getting from the corporation. Okay,
0: so there's probably some communication behind the scenes there or something between right. the two?
1: but just like all, every other form of employment insurance, you have to you have to report whether you earned money, basically. And in this case, it would be like a supplemental earnings from your employer. Um, It's worth noting that employment insurance for parental leave has changed in recent years. It used to be that you could just get a year from the birth of your child. Uh, for maternity and parental leave but now they have the standard which is the 52 weeks or the extended version which is 78 weeks it's about 18 months and so if you choose the longer extended option your payments will be reduced but it, it spreads it over a greater period of time so currently your minimum earnings from EI are $300 per week and under the extended plan, it's $180 per week. It could be more than that. It's based on your income. Um, and they will use what they term your best weeks, so your highest earning weeks for the the um, eligibility period, so the last 52 weeks or the time since your last EI claim. And
0: that would include overtime and flyer pay and all that other stuff there. All earnings,
1: yeah, even tips if you're in a job that gets tips.
0: But when they count for that 93%, when they're topping up to that 93%, on that they're using just your base salary.
1: Yeah, it's your normal scheduled hours, and yet they expect you to report all earnings even if they're not from regular scheduled hours. (laughs) It's kind of a double standard there, isn't it? (laughs) Um, Okay, in order to be eligible for the employment insurance, you have to be pregnant or have recently given birth. You have to be caring for a newborn, whether you birthed it or adopted it. Um, and you have to show a decrease in your earnings of 40% or more for at least a period of one week. Unlike regular overpayments, there's nothing in the collective agreement that says that uh, the that they can only take back 10% per check, right? Right.
0: But uh, rarely have they I seen them on anything try and take more than 10%. They're usually actually pretty decent about that. Usually. Usually. But yeah, if they try to push it or if they really want to be jerks, they could... Start taking back. Um, there's a legal limit. I don't think they can ever take the whole percent. I'm not sure what it is for the whole check. But okay. yeah, they can take significantly larger pieces for sure.
1: I would think if you were just not returning to work at the corporation, you would have to work out some kind of repayment plan. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. They wouldn't say you owe us all this today kind of thing.
1: Yeah, although um, I think it was the second time I was on maternity leave and there was a mix up in the Basically there was a few weeks where Canada Post had reported what I was earning incorrectly and so employment insurance declared that I had been overpaid and they wanted their money back and they wanted it now. Hmm. And it was around two thousand dollars. Right. <laughs> and uh, employment insurance is not that nice about that. They have a minimum repayment of four hundred dollars per ouch. Per payment. It was four hundred and twelve dollars. It's mean, unusual for the, the minimum. government. Yeah. And I was like, okay, how many payments is that? Anyways, it worked out that they had miscalc; everything was miscalculated. I only owed them a thousand dollars, but still, I had to pay them a couple installments of four hundred plus dollars. Which
0: and, is not a problem when you have a new kid,
1: right? When you're earning fifty five percent of your wages, right? <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit stressful, but you know that hopefully that doesn't happen to you.
0: <laughs> so the other thing, I'm just going to jump back a bit here, where you said that. Um, you can choose to or not take that uh, top up if you want. Um, I think a lot of people would be tempted to take it and put it in, put it aside in case they don't come back. Then if they have to pay it back, they can. But keep in mind there are you can afford it, yeah. Keep in mind there are other deductions that come off your check that you would still be liable for at that point. So even like things like your pension contributions and stuff, you don't see all those. So if you um, did have to pay it back you'd probably have to pay back the employer side contribution to your pension stuff too so you would owe more than you actually got
1: yes um so all of those benefits when you start your leave um they'll send you a package and they'll ask you actually it'll come in a few packages they'll ask you if you want to continue your benefits so basically they'll say do you want your leave time to be pensionable you can say yes or no i always tell people to say yes because um
0: You can always make it non-pensable later, but you can't go the other way. If you say no, you can't change your mind and make it a yes.
1: Exactly. And it it means that you might end up making double pension contributions when you come back, but you also have the option of making lump sum payments. If you have some extra cash while you're on leave, you can always make a lump sum payment. um, I think the minimum is $500 per payment. Um, And that would just come off of what you would have to pay back later to make that time pensionable. And, and if you do come back and you decide, look, I can't afford to make those back payments, then that time will just become unpensionable. It's also worth noting that these leaves, uh, while they count towards your, your leave balances, like for uh, annual and personal time, they also count towards um, raises. So your increments for getting your raise in Appendix A, And also, they maintain your seniority, so you don't lose seniority while you're on these leaves. Yeah,
0: so you can get a raise for not working a year. Exactly. Not working at the post office for a year.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure the poopy diapers are work.
0: (laughs) I think we've covered almost everything on maternity leave. Again, if you have any questions, contact your office or shop steward.
1: At the end of your maternity leave, uh, you can take parental leave, and this can be up to now 63 weeks it used to be 35 to take you to the end of the year but now with the option of going for 18 months it's it's 63 weeks of parental leave and either spouse can take that
0: uh yeah and you said at the end of but these can overlap i believe too if the the mother's on maternity leave there's nothing wrong with the father if you're both posties or whatever taking parental leave uh for that entire overlapping time if they want
1: yeah, and that might be a nice way to actually arrange to have your holidays at the same time so you could go on a trip. Why not? Maybe take the new baby to meet the grandparents or something.
0: And again, this is another one where you have to have been with the company for at least six months before you take it.
1: Right. So either parent can take that. You can, you can swap back and forth. Um, I've done that before. Uh, and then, um, but the, the total amount of parental leave taken cannot exceed the, 30, the 63 weeks per uh, child.
0: The biggest difference between the two is parental leave is completely unpaid.
1: Yep, yeah, you're only getting employment insurance. Um,
0: so yeah, so there's no top up from the employer at all on that one.
1: Right. Uh, you have to give the corporation four weeks notice that you're going to be starting or ending this leave. Um, so they want some notice that you're coming back. There's one
0: other uh, birth leave. Uh, if your spouse is giving birth... You right. can take up to two days off for that. Paid. Yep. Two whole days.
1: Yes, I know. I, I feel like it used to be three, am I wrong?
0: I'm pretty sure you're wrong, but I could be wrong. It's happened once before.
1: Okay. Um so you can take that time before the birth, uh, when you go to the hospital, um, after the birth. It's it's two days for that, the birth.
0: This one counts for adoption too though. So if you adopt a kid you get two week or two days as well.
1: Um yeah, you can also take um longer adoption leave uh, with the same limits as parental, so up to 63 weeks, Uh, provide them with four weeks notice. Uh, Again, you, you would accrue annual leave and personal days. There's also another way that you might get paid when you're on adoption leave, and it's called the Supplementary Unemployment Benefit Plan. So this is something that your workplace can offer to top up your wages uh, while you're on employment insurance benefits for adoption leave. Uh, According to EI, the total amount that you're earning can't be more than 95% of your earnings. And this is only for 12 weeks. But according to our collective agreement, it can't be more than 93%. So, <laughs> So really for us, it can't be more than 93%. I have never used this one. I don't know that much about it, but it's it generally it seems to follow the same rules as parental leave. It's just for a shorter period of time.
0: That's what I always thought was a little weird. They have birth or adoption leave on twenty three oh four in the urban. Uh, that gives you those two days, but then twenty three oh six is a whole another section of adoption leave. And if you've completed six week or six months of service there too, then you can get up to sixty three weeks uh, for the adoption of a child. The big difference here between maternity leave and adoption leave is maternity leave has that, uh, top up and everything. Adoption leave is just 63 weeks unpaid that you can take. So I don't know why they give you the 63 weeks here, but then the two days earlier, maybe it's just because they were added to the CA at different times or something.
1: Um, so at the end of, or well, I guess
0: the, the first two days are paid, I guess is the big difference. Right. Yes. So.
1: They are paid at one hundred percent of your wage. That's right. that's what those two days are. Um, I believe that the language there is not gender specific, is it? It's no. spouse, right? No. So okay. if you were a same sex couple, that still applies.
0: Yeah, everything in this section is is non specific, um, okay. which is odd because even where it talks about the birth of the employee, it doesn't specify gender. Which is or birth of the um, employee. Birth there of
1: the is child. there is one. I think it's the two days where they say uh, in respect to the female employee. Or, oh, I can't remember. There's a place where it says in respect to the female employee who gave birth. but, <laughs> um. Okay, so there's also, you may have heard of this, leave without pay for the care and nurturing of preschool age children. I don't see that in the RSMC collective agreement.
0: I never saw a specific list, but when they came up with the McPherson decision, they said that the RSMC's will get most of the leaves that the Urban Collective Agreement has, but I never saw a specific leave or why they said most and not all. So I would think they would get this. But again, because we have this two-year extension coming up where they said they're not going to reprint them, and because we haven't really got this specific since the McPherson decision, I'm not really 100% sure, but probably they have it. I would definitely apply for it and see what happens.
1: The care and nurturing leave... uh has to go in one month increments. So you can take a period of one month off up to five years in the total of your employment with Canada Post.
0: Regardless of how many kids you have.
1: Regardless of how many kids you have, exactly. So if you have nine kids, <laughs> um, you might want to space that out a little bit. <laughs> I feel bad for you if you have nine kids. I'm sorry. I don't know how you feed them. Um, <laughs> but anyways, um, so this is to provide care for preschool age children. Now, that's a very unspecific time limit because different jurisdictions have different laws as to when children have to be enrolled in in elementary school. I believe in Saskatchewan that children have to be in school or being homeschooled by the time they're seven. Uh, Some places it might be sooner than that. Um, But really at any point, in that period, you could take this leave, but it is completely unpaid. Uh, it's also worth noting that if that leave lasts for more than three months, uh, the time will be deducted from your calculation for continuous employment, and it will not be used to give you raises or pay increment increases.
0: Okay, so I think the in summary, what we're saying is if you want time off work, go pump out a whole bunch of kids. <laughs> the best way
1: okay that's the best way is it
0: there's never a financial downside to having huge numbers of children so oh really
1: <laughs> really <laughs> okay i don't know I sh- well i mean maybe once they bring in that affordable child care
0: yeah we'll see how okay. that's gonna go I hope. it's one of those things where it's going to be fully implemented within two years but with a minority government there's often election within two years So I think it's one of these, we're almost there if you just elect us one more time kind of things. Um, All political parties do that, especially the liberals love that stuff.
1: Well, and it's a really, that's a really complicated issue because not only do you have to make the, not only do you have to make the care affordable for parents, you have to ensure that there are facilities because uh, right now, you know, in the middle or towards the, hopefully towards the end of the pandemic, a lot of daycares have closed.
0: If you want to create enough spots, those daycares also have to make a reasonable profit. If there's no profit for their, they're not gonna be. Um, they're not gonna be there essentially.
1: Yeah, and also those those daycare providers, the, the workers there, deserve to make a living wage because I can't even imagine spending forty plus hours a week with like nine screaming four year olds. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I can't. Yeah, no, that's but, not the job for me.
0: But that's a whole another topic. It is, yeah. So in the meantime, we'll let you go talk to your spouse about creating more little posties, and we will talk to you next week. Have a good week. Now yeah, I'm recording. Are you? Mm-hmm. Already?